amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Just a quick note before we get the show started. We said at the end of last week's show that we were going to be reviewing the infamous Quantum Woo epic What the Bleep Do We Know this week, and in a sense, we did. I mean, we we did review it, and we even recorded it and had an awesome guest on to do it with us, and unfortunately... There was a problem with her audio that we didn't catch until after the record, and by then it was too late to re-record or to record another episode before Tuesday morning. That's the bad news. The good news, though, is that we did record an extra episode a couple of weeks earlier that we were planning on using when Eli was on his honeymoon at the end of this month. So we do have an episode for you. It's just not the one that we intended to have for you. And if you're one of those masochistic folks that watches the movie along with us, we promise that we will be reviewing What the Bleep Do We Know next week so it wasn't all for naught. Anyway, sorry about that. And without further ado, we bring you us reviewing a different movie instead. (laughs) <laughs> oh, crazy billionaire money. We remake this where Heath just jumps into their dance circle, but it's just all fuck dancing. Just worming up on that car. Just worming up on that car. Like the gas is open <laughs> that- by the time he's done with it. <laughs> just undoes that latch from the inside. Leaves. You've seen me dance before, haven't you? Yeah, a, if crazy billionaire money doesn't include Heath twerking, it's just not worth it. So yeah, they they, they have a dance party. If you're asking for a favor at your wedding? <laughs> Check. Got it. Wait. <laughs> Heard. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian Cinema because the grocery store was fresh out of the spiked ankle things from the Da Vinci Code. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thank you, thank you, and uh, praise be to Shakara Kiki. <laughs> and sitting 989 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I I don't know if you guys have heard, but they have a poster now for Shakira, <laughs> sort of a 1980s rock style. Uh, I'm looking at it on my wall right now. It's really beautiful. It's next to the "Don't Kill Yourself" and or other things rules whiteboard. Yeah, so this goes really well. <laughs> so we're already hinting around about it like crazy, but let's just be official here, Heath. Tell us what will we be breaking down today? All right, we watched Vultures of Horror Two. <laughs> Which is a movie about, um, nothing happens. It's about nothing. It's nothing. This is the Seinfeld of Nigerian movies. It's ridiculous. They might as well just show us a table read and that would be the whole thing. What's the deal with Vultures of Horror? Guess we'll find out in the next movie because this one has no plot. It's terrible. Maybe something happens to the Vultures of Horror. No, 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 nothing happens. Nothing. That's the movie. You read? You read on the show? And Eli. How bad was this movie? Well, if you loved the first Vultures of Horror, but you thought to yourself, damn it, there's too few characters, and all this CGI (laughs) is the devil, then you will love this movie. It's uh, two scenes that happen over and over again for almost exactly an hour, 
Uh, it's the waiting for vultures. Yeah. It's waiting for Goodell, but vultures. So fucking bad. And I should point out, okay, so we decided to do this when Eli's going on uh, on his honeymoon. He's getting married and everything. Bunch of shit coming up. So we decided we'd record a couple episodes in advance. And I thought, what better to do if we have to do an episode in advance, squeeze an extra one out than another vultures or horror episode? So much material. It'll be so funny. There'll be so much to talk about. It'll be so easy. And then, yeah, we just get absolutely nothing for fucking 58 minutes or whatever. Now, as as many of our listeners know, Vultures of Horror ranks out right up there with losing my virginity and trying butt stuff for the first time. So this flick had a lot to live up to. It was to. fun, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, it you happened right. at the same time. A lot of people don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So what I wanted to do to start was to do a, like a quick better or worse on the key elements of the film here. So Vultures 2, was it was it better or worse in terms of random characters showing up for no reason? Uh, worse. Uh, That's the whole movie. Definitely That's worse. That's just the yeah. entire movie. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. All right. How about uh, cheesy by Atari standard special effects? Uh, I'm saying worse. Um, again, almost nothing happens, so we don't see enough of those, in my opinion. Um, that was yeah. Negative. A lady does blow onto a pot full of fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really peaks early. That's okay, about it. how about was it better or worse in terms of random people talking in the background of the audio? Ooh. Better, much better. Real? Oh, much better. okay. I was gonna say worse. I mean, and they also have like random futuristic weapons being used in the background, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. <laughs> No idea. Pikachu, Pikachu. Yep, that's <laughs> the one. Quite a bit of that. Yeah. All right. How about was it better or worse in terms of ample African asses? Oh, much better. better. Okay. Agreed. Yeah. Much better. It didn't make any sense, but the scene no. where the girls all turn around and think they're models, I could watch that forever. I'm, I was okay with that. <laughs> Fantastic. For, certainly yeah. the best scene in both of these movies put together. Okay. So there's, is there anything that you'd like to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, can I go with, being able to understand people whose first language is English. <laughs> there were, I kept get yelling at Siri being like, subtitles on, and Siri was like, dude, no one can do this. Don't. You're racist. No, you're racist, Siri. You're racist. Actually, I was going to say something similar. Yeah, the uh, I'd say this is second best worst subtitles, just not having them with <laughs> difficult at times <laughs> there were at least a couple of times when they switched into a different language or something though i they, there have to have been I, I'm, I'm, I'm otherwise i'm more racist than i thought all right well obviously we've been itching with anticipation for a long time on this one so we're going to pause to put some benadryl on that or something and when we come back we'll break down all the entirely unrelated scenes that are vultures of horror 2 there wasn't a post-colonic Hey guys! Oh, uh, oh, hey, Mr. Spaulding. Hey, so how are my superstar writers doing? Great, great. Yeah, so I'm so excited to see these five scripts you wrote for me for uh, Vultures of Horror 1 through 5. Can I check them out yet? Oh, five? Yeah, mm. sure, give me, give me one second. So, yeah, so that's, th- this, this is Vultures of Horror 1. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right, and then, we also, and then, hold on, just to, we, uh, and then, there, that's, that's number two. Yeah. Here's number two. Yeah. And then, um, uh, uh, this, this one right here, these are, uh, three, uh, four, and, and five. There you go. <laughs> there they are. Yeah. You got them. Okay. Guys, you very clearly just took a single script and tore it into five pieces. What? I'm upset. I am offended. I would. Ne- are you, we would not. Oh, hurtful. Oh, Come on, never. Check shit. your privilege. 
what the hell are we going to... Let me see. Oh, well, you know what? I think maybe we could put this on TV in Nigeria. Ooh, my brother Brian does special effects if you need a guy. Fuck He's- you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start things off with a this preview has been approved for all audiences screen that is not followed by a preview. Now, it takes us a minute to figure that out. You think it's coming. It's not. But I guess they just know that that's how movies start, so they started with that screen. See, I have a theory, though. I have a theory. Hear me out. They finished this movie, and they were like, guys, we forgot to make anything happen in this movie. And they were like, maybe we can just trick Nigerians into thinking it's a preview for the next one. And to be fair, it worked on me until minute 50. Like, at minute 50, a lot of my notes are, man, this preview is extensive. (laughs) And if you think about it as a preview for Vultures of Horror 3, it does work. It does set up Vultures of Horror 3. Now, we have no guarantees that anything will happen in Vultures of Horror 3, and I've been hurt before, but it could technically be the case. That's all I'm saying. I I think we shouldn't close-minded to the fact that this might just be the world's longest longest preview yeah well but okay so but here's the thing though in the at the end of vultures one they played a preview for vultures two that had all this crazy vultures laser sci-fi bullshit i don't think that ever happens i don't think cornell west ever does get attacked by that fucking chair i think that's just something that they keep throwing in there to tease us into watching the next one i'm starting to lose my faith in the vultures of horror so yeah, so we start with the uh, with the credits, uh, which where we get some sweet ass names like Too Sweet Anon. That's uh, yeah, actually one of the actors' names. And then it mm-hmm. comes to the title screen, which says, "I shit you not, Five Vultures of Horror Two. And it's almost like yeah. they're saying right then, "You're never gonna know what the fuck is going on here, bro. <laughs> you, like, give up now." <laughs> fuck are you talking about so so we start with the late okay if you recall at the end of vultures one we found out that it was all a dream because some lady that we'd never met woke up and started talking about the dream and praying well we start with that scene again we get to watch that one more time right yeah when we left off last time we were looking at a left breast so (laughs) that's where we start here Yeah, but it's not a dream because her dream or the actions of that dream will continue. Yes. (laughs) So I still don't know who that character is, what she wants, or what information she and her fat husband who ignores her are supposed to be revealing to us. (laughs) Everything is crazy. That's what I have to say about the whole movie. (laughs) Thanks for listening to God Awful Movies. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. But that won't do it for our review just yet. Evil giraffes on Mars. Uh, Because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we still have the whole fucking movie to go. Okay, so yeah. No, they were just playing that damn scene as though trying to try to connect us to it. But then I guess she falls asleep and starts dreaming about those same people some more or some of those people some more. Um, and all my notes here are, whatever happened to the preview? You promised us a preview. What the fuck is going <laughs> nope, on here? Happening. And then we cut to this next scene. Now, this scene just blows me the fuck away for so many reasons. It's five and a half minutes long. And it's a man and a woman in a field with a cheap cross yell singing. Yep. Forever. Look, 
I watched Ray's atheism movie, and the thing that I learned from it is that atheism is illogical and religion is logical. <laughs> and there's nothing that assures me more that these people are coming from a logical, super well-thought-out place than five minutes of them screaming emotion words at a tea made out of what used to be their house. I <laughs> and it just keeps happening. They go for a while. Oh, I, God. I just wrote, wow, they're going to keep sing yelling like idiots. That's like <laughs> 10 minutes now. It's cra- they sound like Linkin Park became an acapella band. It's just horrible. <laughs> Slightly no better lyrically, though. Also, uh, quick director's note. Hey, should we move that tree that's blocking <laughs> most of the shot? <laughs> nah. Nope. Should we shoot from a different angle? No. No. People want to look at a giant tree in the foreground obscuring all the action. Look how well it worked for international gorillas. And am I mistaken, or was one of the lines of their song, Master Jesus, you are the poodle does right that's it started early yeah i have master jesus you are the bridge and the hose of our lives <laughs> no. i think those are the actual lyrics though <laughs> pretty sure who knows yeah who and knows the guy like i said it's a man and a woman the guy who's facing away from the camera is praising jesus like he's breaking in a prison bitch and then he says herbal <laughs> father three times and it's and all my notes here are just why are we looking at these characters through a weed i don't want to see him either but come on <laughs> we could have just skipped this scene um and then of course my other line is jesus camp doesn't have shit on these two <laughs> <laughs> show that little crying white girl yes. <laughs> They all grew up and they're not okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> we all read an article. They're not okay. We knew they weren't okay at the time, but we got it. We got we most right. depressing Breakfast Club clothes you can of fuck all one time. Of them, though, if you want, <laughs> one of them's really into you fucking them. I'm gonna find her. So yeah, so that we get more than two solid minutes of two people yelling different shit, which is occasionally sung. That's the other thing too. Is it's not like they're saying a prayer in unison. It's two people yelling different things discordantly. Oh. So if you're wondering who those people were or what that was all about, you can go ahead and stop wondering. We're never going to know. This will never come back like everything else. And then we're back at the fruit stands from from movie one. You'll recall the evil wife has a bodega next to a good lady who she uses magic to thwart. Yes. And they work at stands that sell cotton candy, Mm -hmm. condensed milk, (laughs) bottles of Coke. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And a product that I could not Google. <laughs> so later on, there's a package. I Googled it. It doesn't exist on the internet. The internet's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. That's not a real thing. I will admit, as soon as the Vulture of Horror theme started, I squirted a little, though. As soon as the auto-tuning came up, it was pretty Yeah, awesome. we all have, God, I missed this song. Sweet song. <laughs> Vultures of Horror. But she's mad because her business isn't going as well. Now, these two women look identical. And not just because I'm racist. They are similar-looking African-American ladies wearing similar-looking clothing. So I don't want to hear it. All right? I will double-blind test anybody who tweets mad shit at me about this. So, and to, to alleviate this issue she has with the other lady getting more business than her... She she pulls out a pot that looks like if she smashed it, she would find a rupee or perhaps a boomerang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wrote, here, I'm just going to blow the fire out of this Zelda pot. 
couldn't look more like that. And she's blowing fire. In, 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 now, keep in mind, she's standing in the public square, blowing this fire into this pot. The fire is going in a straight line to the sky to summon the vultures of horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, th- this is exactly why you save the McGoblin after you eat the Happy Meal. <laughs> the evil spells. It's important. So so I guess she uses her magic spell. So now every time somebody walks up to her competitor's bodega, they get hit by a bomb from Astro Smash and yep. walk over to her yep. bodega instead. That's a marketing list. Oh, a- <laughs> <laughs> while she's doing this, she's just saying vultures of horror over and over. There's like, at least try to make it sound like magic words or something. This would be like Harry Potter just being like, I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy. Good spell. Good spell. Like, just change it up a little. I, all I got to say is that's it. We're calling upon the fucking vultures. I want some of those evil pokey balls too. I'd be like, I want, I want people to go, you know, I think I'll download Joel Osteen's. Po- Wait a minute. No, I won't. Joel Osteen. No, I, I, I'm, I'm moving to the G's for some reason. I'm, I'm getting me one of those fire pots as soon as we get off the line. <laughs> Anyways, all the customers are getting hit with Atari graphics, and the and and the uh, the good bodega lady is starting to wonder what the fuck's going on here. Well, I want to point out she loses three customers in a row and says out loud, "Must be Satanism." Like, <laughs> there's no way three people wanted to shop at her competitor. It must be a magic spell. Now, this movie's crazy, and it turns out to be true. Yeah, right. But throughout this movie, we need to acknowledge how dangerous the ideas being put forward are, because people in Nigeria hack each other to death over this shit, which isn't real, all the time. And they watch this movie, and they're like, see? See? That's why I killed Umbutu. He had four <laughs> customers in a row. I was, I was even more patient than this bitch is. Yeah, stole my dick and everything. Now, yeah, so three consecutive customers come to her shop, and now she's putting a fucking down payment on a space station. She's counting her fucking Nigerian dollars, look like Monopoly money, like, oh. Right, I want to point out, Nigerian money looks like what it's worth. (laughs) Nigerian money looks like brochures for spelunking at a gas station, and I have no proof that that's not what it is. I have no proof that's not what it is. Looks like a paper menu at a diner or something. (laughs) Oh, somebody already did the maze. I also- <laughs> Is that an ad for a hooker? Nice. <laughs> I also love, too, that, and we're going to get a lot of this in the movie. What has to happen in order for a scene to be fulfilled in this movie is a thing has to happen, and then we have to cut to a person talking to themselves about the thing that just happened. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It does that throughout the fucking movie. And there are 23 straight back and forth scenes where like the evil lady is like, I am making much money today thanks to the vultures of horror. And the good lady is like, I'm not making much money today because of Satanism. We go back and forth on that forever. (laughs) Uh, Apparently the writers thought that scene was too subtle for the audience. (laughs) So we literally watch evil vultures lady count money and explain the plot. So I'm evil and this is my evil money that, that I make. Because of the evil magic of which I am a practitioner. <laughs> evil money indeed. E- e- evil is key. Evil is key. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so then we cut to that night. She's talking to a great tiki mask. Um, right. And I, I thought she was talking to the tiki from Major League. And, <laughs> and then I realized I have very different feelings about Major League now because Charlie Sheen has AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> well... The, the husband looks exactly like Pedro Serrano. He does, just yeah. like Joe Boo. 
I, and I got to say, when he walked on screen, I started clapping like it was a show on Fox from the 90s or something. You know, <laughs> I was pretty excited to see him. Of course, this is the evil guy who held his own head while his neck was on fire in the first one. I will buy some Allstate coverage. <laughs> that sounds great. You got hit by We're an Astro Smash bomb. <laughs> and I just want to say, I know lots of African-American studies professors whose bed sheets his outfit is made out of. So, like, I really... <laughs> He's dressed like Thing 1 and Thing 2 went to the Playboy Mansion. It's <laughs> crazy. I just wrote, I will never be badass enough to pull off those jammies. And then I wrote, do the hold your neck head fire thing. Come on, man. Come on. Do it. Do it. Do it. He's going to do it. He doesn't do it. He does So disappointing. To cheer uh, up, do you want me to hold my head in my own head? No, not now. <laughs> No, luckily, <laughs> luckily, you all did. I needed to cheer me up was to notice that in the background of this scene, there is a great Shakara Kiki album cover hanging over the bed. Yeah, they've got a, <laughs> a great Shakara Kiki album poster. It looks yes. like a tour. It looks like it's from the 1994 Shakara Kiki tour. Right. It was the Vultures of Horror tour by great Shakara Kiki. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bunch of assholes. <laughs> like, I heard them at first at Coachella after Maisie and the Diamonds, and then I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to like see what they're into, but their own shows, their solo shows are so much better. <laughs> so yeah, in this movie universe, devil-worshipped vultures have mass marketing media like you can pick yes. up their posters <laughs> like on facebook yeah and they use the the characters in this movie aren't even used they're using them to mildly increase sales at a flea market <laughs> right? they have evil magical laser vultures and that's what they've done with it now, also, this movie is not paying attention to itself because in the first movie, she used the vultures of horror against this same lady. Remember, that's the lady that the skeletons came and attacked in the first one, and she put the holy water on them. I'm pointing that out because later on, they're going to totally betray the first movie. <laughs> right. I, I like consistency. So, yeah, so she's fucking just saying, cannon. like, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they're fucking it up, man. Batman never did get taught karate by fucking, what's his name? So, so she's... What the joker <laughs> i was thinking of the other guy so she's uh, uh um so she's gonna do everything that she can to maintain all of her customers with evil magic um and i gotta be honest i prefer to go to the bodega that's willing to use satanic magic to secure my business that means something to me are you willing to go that extra mile are you willing to summon vultures for my can of tomatoes say home yeah um so now we cut Back to the shop again for the exact same scene. And I noticed at this point that she definitely has canned tomatoes. And I, I think I'd be bored at this point if I wasn't too busy fucking so hard to the Vultures of Horror themes. <laughs> and Anna was sitting next to me as I wrote that note. And Anna turned to me and goes, no, you aren't. And I wrote, you don't know. <laughs> Shit. I, this is such a little moment too, but this is so amazing. This little kid walks up to buy a can of tomatoes and a can of Coke or whatever you can get at this fucking shop, and he starts talking exactly as the the lyrics for the Vultures of Horror theme come in. So for just a second, there's this lip sync moment where this little kid's going Vultures, Vultures of Horror in auto tuner. Pretty yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> this theme sounds like Boy George got turned into an evil robot. It's it's weird. Vulture Club. It's weird yeah. again. <laughs> but but the only thing you need to learn about this scene is that her charm 
of summoning the vultures of horror to laser people with marketing is no longer working, mm-hmm. and she's bummed about it. Yeah, the two customers in a row go to the other lady, so now she's completely freaking out. If she's doing devil worship this time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, well, Heath already pointed it out, so I'm not going to point out once again that you could just use vulture magic to have a less shitty job. Like, what, like, how much money could you make just going out on the streets and saying, hey, four bucks, I'll summon a vulture. And <laughs> don't run the same canned tomato store right next to another canned tomato <laughs> store in a market. Business. Like, whether or not you have the vultures of horror to affect your sales, it's just silly. It's bad business. So, yeah, so she's all upset because um, her customers aren't coming back today. And I thought, you know, hey, maybe magic pots and devil birds have nothing to do with whether or not people happen to go. But no, because it's this stupid fucking movie. Apparently, she's countered the hacks or something. So Right. And she's dressed like a Komodo dragon in this scene, which I deeply appreciated. And her husband explains that Chakra Kiki, Chakra Kiki works in mysterious ways. And we basically get the got the problem of evil jingly keys. That we get in every Christian movie, except the Satan worshiper is explaining it about the vultures of horror. So yes. It's nice to know that Christian God and Chakra Kiki on the same page. They work in mysterious <laughs> ways. Who are you to question them? Where were you when the vultures made the whirlwind or burned that house down in the last movie? You get it. Yeah. Right. The wife's basically, she's like, where, where did this other person get these power? What charms is she using again? Isn't Chakra Kiki the son of God who died for our sins? You think, <laughs> you think we could be wrong on that? You think it's somebody else? Cause it seems like it might somebody else i've got almost the same notes my note is funny how their arguments for chakra kiki are exactly the same as the ones they use for god yeah i think we <laughs> I all noticed yeah right. oh when my when i finally agree to formally debate david barton i'm gonna present the <laughs> argument from chakra kiki you're only gonna get eight percent of the time you better yeah. go fast <laughs> so, that's okay i'm gonna use it to point out that he doesn't know anything and he looks like a lizard upside down in slow motion <laughs> So in this scene, what we're learning is what happened in the previous scene, that, that Chakra Kiki didn't give her um, all the business. And she says she's not mad at Chakra Kiki. She's just disappointed. <laughs> also, several other transitive verbs that don't belong together there. <laughs> he has disappointed me. He has be- besmirched me. No, no, that's not. That's not. He has bespoken me. No. No, that's nope. not. Um, so yeah, yeah, and and the dad, the the husband, who is now in a different pair of phenomenal pajamas. Oh my god, these people have a walk-in yeah. closet of just loud, shiny pajamas and <laughs> nothing else. There's no other explanation. <laughs> No one in this movie, in either of these movies, can be in the same outfit in two consecutive scenes, even if it's still the same conversation. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, but he explains that Chakra Kiki never disappoints you. Um, it, it's never happened to him before. And then we cut to a balcony where... Okay, this is... Oh, well, first we get this bizarre thing. Okay, we, we're cutting to another scene, and this is going to be good bodega lady on the balcony. But right before that, at the end of the last scene, the, the, the husband looks up and he says, Oh, great Chakra Kiki. And then we look at a balcony as though he's Romeo and Julietting Chakra Kiki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God, I wanted Chakra Kiki to come out in a white sort of see-through nightgown, <laughs> start talking about... Kunta Kinte. Giant fucking bird with a teddy on or something. Yeah, that'd be (laughs) awesome. So, no, but this lady is... Okay, this is good bodega lady, and she's going to stand here talking about something that happened the previous day while holding a trash bag full of petrified turds or something. 
I'm almost certain that the first half of the <laughs> sentence was not in English. Yeah, yeah I, all of our notes are identical. They're all like, I don't know what she's saying. Why is she so sweaty and shiny? Is this from the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I did catch the word born again, though. I think she was saying, mm-hmm. she says, like, these born again Christians are pretty powerful. Like, I'm going to ask for some, some more spells to deal with this, this whole vultures situation. Or I already did, and this is a flashback well, that's coming. Whichever makes more sense. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you yet. Yeah. So after a line that switches between Igbo for full day in English without subtitles, we get a flashback or a different scene eventually we figure this out but there's very little to go on right now but this is a flashback to her talking to an old lady about a widow with four kids that we will never meet and never have met in this film yeah um but basically the old lady is like here's the crucifix of christ and i'm like as opposed to the crucifix of steve or dave (laughs) and also what is very clearly a bottle of olive oil well and here's just to give you an idea how ridiculous this stupid fucking movie is we get the two of them talking and she's like oh you know somebody's using evil devil vulture magic against me and the other lady's like meet me tonight and i will give you something to help and then we immediately cut to the next scene where she's meeting her that night to give her the crucifix and the olive oil it's like they couldn't put that all together in one scene one sweet eye movie cut later (laughs) yeah exactly Um, so, and, uh, and I figured out at this point too that this movie is like a puzzle game. It's like once I figure out what the hell this scene was about, it moves on to a next, uh, the next one. So it, oh. it, it became a bit of a game for me. So escape the movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So she gives her the crucifix and the oil, and she's like, "Well, you have to really believe in Christianity." But okay, fine. I'm going to give you the magic oil this one time. It's actually hard to get <laughs> there banning it because people are using it for butt stuff or something like that (laughs) don't use it for butt stuff just use it for like i said she also i love this line she says the old lady says the battle at hand is not to be fought with empty hands so there will be no karate battles in this movie at least they let you know there i'm out i'm out this interview is over oh shit (laughs) she also says don't forget to testify what the Lord has done for you. And and I just want to point out that it becomes very, very clear, if it wasn't already, that the Christian God in this movie is just one of many competing deities. These people are basically right. like showing up like, my God can beat up your God, the contest. This is definitely <laughs> not the one and only God we're used to seeing in Christian films. They're just proposing that Christ is a slightly stronger demon God <laughs> that works in mysterious ways (laughs) yes exactly so yeah and then and then she's like um and of course this is all like i said a flashback to how this lady countered the hex of the vulture so that she could get her three customers back the following day but again i had no idea what the fuck was going on so i thought she was still trying to counter the spell even though it was already countered I'm thinking Inurito made this fucking movie or something. Um, but then we get the spectacular swoosh cut. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, uh, Windows Movie Maker Transition 6. Yeah. Um, and that's to her using her Jesus magic, you know, sprinkling her magic olive oil about her shop. Yeah, I, I just wrote, so it was a flashback. Just tell us. We we know what flashbacks <laughs> are. You can just say or use the blue or something. 
God damn it. Is not the same as swoosh? <laughs> oh, I see. I think they just but, thought there was supposed to be a noise there. <laughs> but the thing is, is that the swoosh didn't lead us out of the flashback. The swoosh led us to her sprinkling the stuff. <laughs> right, that's still that's, in the flashback. Exactly. And then that cuts to the scene where she was on the balcony earlier. And <laughs> after we watch her sprinkle for about 15 minutes. And I love this particular moment because it cuts back to her on the balcony. And she's got the bag of petrified turds, which turns out to be the crucifix and the olive oil. And she has to just set that on the balcony, but it clearly won't set right. <laughs> so she has to like very <laughs> yeah. awkwardly lay it down on its side. A lot of shit. It's like watching a drunk guy balance his beer on the hood yes! of his car. Yes! You're all the way on the edge. I'm just I'm, gonna help you. I'm just gonna help you. you I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you I'm fine to drive. Give me one <laughs> second. I just gotta put it. I gotta, I'm fine. Get off me. Get off me. I give, you can't have my fucking keys. Cause you'll, cause you'll, cause you're drunk. That's why. Keeping my keys away from you. I'm gonna do a magic trick. Does anybody have a set of keys? Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> And basically, yeah. at the, in this scene, so she she sprinkles her thing with magic. All of her customers come back, but her conclusion is, all my customers came back, but my husband says he's going to go to a different god later this week and bring me a super strong charm. So I guess I'll just clumsily put this plastic bag where the mic can get closest to it. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see. She's trying out gods. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got pink hearts and orange stars and yellow moons and green clovers on the way. So we'll see what She's happens. Just walking around a supermarket eating the samples. <laughs> you're like, lady, I know you're not going to buy these hot dogs. Take as many as you like. <laughs> Stop acting like you're making a purchasing decision. <laughs> So yeah, so she's waiting for her husband to bring what she, what he promises will be the strongest charm of all, and that's what all husbands say, but whatever. So now forget about those characters and everything that's happened up until this point of the, in the movie, because none of it will matter ever again. We are now at a college, um, or a hotel, I think it's a college. So we're, we're at a college where there are three buddies standing around texting when two hot chicks walk by. Yeah. And, and these dudes are dressed like a Boko Haram music video. It's, <laughs> they have no, it, nothing makes sense is what they're wearing. No. Yeah. And, uh, Amber Rose walks by. Pretty sure that's Amber Rose. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to save everyone a whole lot of time and pain because at this point I still thought I was watching a preview, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> The point is, one of these gentlemen is in love with Amber Rose, and she won't love him back, mm -hmm. and that is the majority of the B-plot of this movie. And he comes up to her, or his friends come up to her and say, hey, he's got a letter for you, which without looking at, she tears into tiny, tiny, tiny pieces, <laughs> like she's working at a confetti factory. Yeah, no. She tears it in half and again and again. There's, I'm saying there's no way she's strong enough to grip these tiny pieces at that point. <laughs> Never mind, I'm wrong. She's a ninja warrior. She keeps going a few more times. Apparently. Now, I have to ask, is this the evil daughter from the first movie? Is that who this character is? Oh, maybe. I th I think it is. I I I I I, I, I got to go back and find out. It would make it make at least a little more sense, but not much. My music note here, by the way, is what kind of evil awaits Conan in that cave? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, "There's no way that the Batmobile gets there in time, unless, <laughs> unless." Nope, nothing happened. There's no plot to this movie. Yeah, but so she rips up Jerry's note. It's Jerry that wants to fuck her so bad. And throws away the pieces or whatever and wanders off. And clearly the guys are not pleased. 
Uh, and neither is her much hotter friend who tells her to stop being a total bitch to Jerry. Yeah, She right. says to her, he could be Mr. Right, to which Amber Rose replies, what kind of insult is that? And the answer is, not an insult. That's just that's a- not how that... <laughs> just a statement. <laughs> Do you know that your eyebrows look like an angry bird? <laughs> they really do <laughs> she, there's a lot of things going on ridiculous about this character's appearance she's got earrings that seem to be made of actual beaver tails they do. she's killed two beavers and hung them off her ears and she's also got enormous enormous sunglasses Tits. on this whole time oh, yeah, yeah. it could be new year's <laughs> eve and elton john would be like nah, a little too much, a little too much. <laughs> tone it down tone it down darling yeah, tone it just down take, oh, take it easy and it, just while we're on earrings it is like a practical it's like a brilliant tim and eric sketch because every moment every scene the earrings get crazier and huger and every moment throughout this movie. Like, no matter what earrings someone's wearing in this scene, the next scene, they will be wearing crazier fucking earrings. So just keep an eye on it if you watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I next just want it's like beach umbrellas, Monopoly boards. It's <laughs> right. Madness. I just want to point out that the guy who... um Gave Hangover all that shit and Entourage last week. Cannot mention Tim and Eric without attaching the word brilliant to it. Just, just gonna throw that out. So uh, my note here is, I've made it through a third of this movie. I deserve a fucking cake. Yeah. Um, and also, and this is going to be a constant theme through this movie, virtually none of the actors can deliver a, a line without screaming it as the last line of a fight. <laughs> or they're like 30 feet behind the audio equipment well, that's and they're like, no wait up I'm far away from the mic hold on just, I want to have a conversation with you once I catch up to the microphones <laughs> Shit. it's one or the other and this scene by the way okay so the two friends the two girlfriends like argue about whether she should fuck Jerry um, and the scene literally ends with one of the characters still talking as she walks away from the microphone she's mid sentence <laughs> and the scene just ends we're on to something else Slumber party! Now, <laughs> this was the most bizarre, I think, the movie ever got. It was the best the movie ever got, too. It's these three extremely hot, well, two extremely hot chicks and a hot chick in their, I guess, dorm room for seven-year-olds chatting <laughs> yes. about things that have nothing to do with anything we've seen before or will see again. Yeah, she has... Uh, she has kitten curtains, mm-hmm. a Hannah Montana poster. These are full-grown adults. <laughs> a Hannah Montana poster and a Winnie the Pooh poster. Fathead. Both fatheads. Yeah. <laughs> and when you see the close-ups, you can also see there are Minnie Mouse stickers next to the fucking Winnie the Pooh fathead. So, yeah, apparently, um, they, they, like, seven-year-old girl, 27-year-old, same thing. Same thing in the minds of these filmmakers. Um, and it, what we have here essentially are three characters talking about another character that we've never met extensively for a long time. Yeah. And one of them is wearing the largest earrings I have ever seen. She basically has two of the three <laughs> Barnum and Bailey rings on her ears throughout this. It's entirely distracting. My, my note is her earrings are so big, I feel like Eli should be magically linking them. <laughs> I say, I've done tricks with those rings. I need yeah. those back. <laughs> so apparently, and what we learn very slowly in this is that the three of these girls are in a competition as and just as I'm thinking to myself, ooh, ooh, tell me it's a how deep does it go contest, we learn that not quite as good. It's the most beautiful girl on campus contest. And we learn that because they start spinning around and showing off their asses all sexy-like. 
Yeah. That didn't need to have a reason. I'm with them. Yeah, I was okay with it, but it was the lamest scene ever because she's basically like, okay, I will be the judge. Now is the contest. And then they take turns standing up and she's like, you are the runner up. You are the winner. And then they all applaud and it's over. It's the craziest thing in the world. (laughs) And again, we can't overemphasize the fact that we will never see these characters again. This competition they're talking about will never come up again. Nope. Yeah. I've got to imagine laser vultures have something to do with it in part three, but uh, (laughs) doubtful. Don't hold on hope. Hopefully it'll come back. (laughs) So, yeah. So now we cut to a more grown-up dorm room with the chick that wouldn't fuck Jerry and the evil eyebrow tit girl from before. And once again, they're talking about Jerry. Evil eyebrow tit girl looks like the vampires from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She looks Doesn't like Joss she... Whedon threw them one of those masks and was like, here, you guys want to use that? And they were like, do we? <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, so but at first in this scene, they're complaining. Is she is she complaining about her professor molesting her? Is that what she's saying? Yeah, her professor, who is all of the students' favorite, is really pursuing her. And her friend, whose sole function in this movie seems to be, why don't you fuck the people who want to fuck you, (laughs) is like, you're being kind of a bitch about not fucking your professor. I guess. (laughs) Yeah, so they don't want him to be the new HOD. I don't know what the fuck that means. But but, but the old HOD is gone and someone's getting promoted and she doesn't want it to be this professor that keeps molesting her. And Amber Rose's friend is like, yeah, but once he gets the promotion, he's going to have to stop molesting students. You're fine. Like, stop <laughs> stop being a bitch about it. And he's really good at lecturing. That's the real point here. Teacher's value has very little to do with molesting. It's about lecturing. <laughs> and she goes, in fact, I'm going to pray to have God cancel your prayers about not getting That's molested. That's <laughs> really? This is going to be spotlight three, black light. <laughs> so... <laughs> so- and by the way, the 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 friend, the 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 angry bird chick, is she now British? Um, what happened with that accent? It's changed like fifteen times already. She's yeah, she seems to have landed on uh, British Fast and Furious extra, but it's cycled a lot. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so then they get a visitor, and damn it, if it isn't that asshole Jerry trying to bring a uh, bald, less hot chick a gift now. Her reaction when Jerry shows up is to literally leap out of her bed and run away without even grabbing her keys or anything. She literally runs away from him. I have struck out with a lot of girls in my lifetime. I have never had one just run from the room when I show up. Jerry, move on, bro. (laughs) Yeah, Jerry, it's time to give up. Uh, Look, your gift from the airport mall looks nice, but when they get up (laughs) and leave like you're a spider, it's time to call it off. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a weird scene. He comes in, and he's like, "Oh, she just she just ran out." Well, just so you know, he starts talking to the friend instead. I've been stalking uh, Amber Rose over there. Just please tell her. Well, she knows that's the whole nature of this whole thing. Doesn't matter. Just give her this stalker <laughs> gift bag. It's got some nice stuff, hair doll. Yeah, th- there's some very serious stalker shit going on, but her friend is encouraging the fuck out of it. She's like, you know, yeah, no, I'm sure she's going to break any moment now. It's like she was just telling you she would basically rather deep throat a fucking broken plate glass window than talk to this human being. And you're telling him, no, no, I'm she- she's going to come around any minute. And this is where, dying we, for the day. where we see her like full face for the first time. And she has one blot of eyeshadow on her forehead. And that is it. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is the makeup they chose for that character in the scene. Also, when Jerry's declaring his love for her to the less attractive Angry Bird friend, he says, quote, <laughs> she's the only girl I love in this campus. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a weird restriction, right? I mean, it's stolen straight from my vows, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm not mad, but like... It's the only girl. You're my favorite girl in the room. In yeah, the right. you're the most beautiful girl in this entire in zip all of code. Washington Heights. So, <laughs> so yeah. So now we, so we get the Jerry scene, and then we cut to the same goddamn scene, except Jerry's not there anymore, and the girls are dressed differently. But we're in the same room with the same characters, and apparently in this scene they're working on their homework, and she's ignoring Jerry's calls. Yeah, and she has, uh, Fat Amber Rose has Valentine's Day chocolate containers on her wall yep. as a decoration. <laughs> yep. And I want to point out the foley on this phone is fucking amazing. Like, it, like when the phone starts ringing, it's a different ringtone every time, and it just fills the room with sound, and they react to it like two and a half seconds early. It's <laughs> really good. Really well right. done, guys. And she says, when he calls her a second time, does he want to give me low battery? <laughs> really? Yes, he does, yeah. baby. Yes, yeah. he does. Uh, it's fucking amazing. There's also, her friend starts to argue on Jerry's behalf again here, and this fucking fantastic moment where she goes, you know, you don't know what he wants. You have not even given him a five-second chance. And it's like, what does her friend think he wants from her? Think he wants to play words with friend? He wants to lies <laughs> and candy crush? <laughs> Also, apparently her phone just doesn't have an ignore option. And also, is it just me or do they show us this dude's phone number? Yes, it is a real number. <laughs> I will bet anything in the world I could call that cast member. And that guy would be like, stop it. Seriously, stop it. I'm working on Vultures of Horror 27. <laughs> so. and, and just in terms of general message here, it's not clear that Jerry's the bad guy for being a terrifying stalker. It seems like the movie thinks... Like, Quinn is being a bitch about yes. getting stalked. She's not being reasonable with her stalker. That's yes. the yes. theme we're getting. That they, they, if, if, they, if that's not what they mean, they've done a terrible job of presenting that. Because yeah. now we're going to cut to Jerry thinking about how awesome he is and wondering what the fuck is up with Quinn, why she won't fuck him already. Yeah. I love Eli's note to bring us into this scene as well. <laughs> I'm the king of this school, the top-rated player of all time. At the that sports is what he says. Or something. No, I was actually talking about your scene description, which is, then we cut to prison or houses, because Africa is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it look. I was like, are they jail they, cell they people? Look like jail cells. not clear. I, I just wrote, uh, and Jerry is stepping outside of his prison cell, and he seems to love the smell of toilet wine in the morning. <laughs> right. Smells like failure. Jerry looks like a black fan fiction drawing of Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you should be on some genderqueer person's Tumblr somewhere. <laughs> he kind of looks like a werewolf that doesn't go all the way back to human face. <laughs> and and kind of like a vampire. He looks like Edward Fuck Jacob. <laughs> and, and also a Nigerian guy. Team Jerry. Team, team Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and in his VO, right, so he walks out of his prison home campus thing, and his his his... Brain is telling us that no girl has ever turned him down before, so he's a, a rapist, I think. And <laughs> and then it's his terrible. buddies show up to chill with him. 
Um, and right. I, 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 I want to point out, okay, in this scene, there's like three cage doors or whatever, and there's a bunch of people standing over unrelated to the scene by the third door. You know, like everything we need to see is in the first door. Three doors down, there's a bunch of people standing there and hanging out, and the scene, the camera keeps cutting to those people like, what the fuck are those guys up to? They have nothing to do with the action, but the scene keeps cutting over to them like, look, these are three different black men. And they I, I, never come up. It no. never comes up again. No. We just cut over. I think the cameraman was hoping they'd like hang out with them. He was just like, hey, you guys want to be in the movie? <laughs> it's pretty lonely. So like, oh, <laughs> you guys are in the movie too. <laughs> what if you were in the movie too? You'd have to come to lunch with us <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's like, and, and his buddies are there to talk to him about what his voiceover was just talking to us about. Um, which is how he should just move on and not worry about that that girl any, any anymore. Um, and he, when his friend says that, he turns to him. He goes, "It's obvious you don't." Extremely long pause. Know my next line, do you? Perhaps. <laughs> I don't remember. And I honestly, I think that's why we kept cutting to those three unrelated people in the other room, because I don't think they could get any of these actors through two lines without having to stop and look at a script. Right. <laughs> uh, so congratulations. We've made it halfway. And then this scene ends as though the cameraman got arrested. And I certainly hope you weren't attached to any of those characters we just spent the last 10 minutes with, because we will literally <laughs> never see any of them again. Good. I was nope. not. I was not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did like that one girl's ass. So mm. as you're digesting that little nugget of what the fuckery, we'll pause for a well-earned break. But before we do, let me give Act 3 the hard sell. Will the frisbee-earringed girl win the beauty contest? Will the new charm that Good Bodega Lady is getting be enough to fend off the vultures? Will Jerry's efforts at courtship pay off? Who the fuck knows? Certainly not the second half of this movie, but what the hell, you made it this far. You might as well stick around for the unrelated conclusion of Vultures of Horror 2. Post-colonoscopy. <laughs> Hi. I'm Tony D of Mr. Kojo's Power Plant Security City Planning and Free Money Emporium. And we got an amazing sale going on this week. Just check out these deals. Well, hello there. I'm the little girl with the inside-out eyelids from a different episode. I asked Mr. Kojo for money, and the amount that I got was enough to get me a new house, a new apartment, and these robot eyelids you can see I'm wearing. Thanks, Tony D. When I needed a place not only to put the power plant, but men to protect it, I knew that Mr. Kojo's power plant security, city planning, and free money for widows weren't just the best option, but they were quite literally the only option. Mr. Kojo's power plant security, city planning, and free money emporium, because if this character doesn't pay off in the next 12 of these vulture movies, I'm going to find these actors and kill them. So, we couldn't help but notice that last time we finished a Vultures of Horror movie, we were promised exploding skeletons, attack birds, and all we got was a lady blowing on a fire pot. And while that was disappointing, it does leave us wanting more. So, with that in mind, we've designed a trailer for next week's episode that we hope appeals to you with the same way that Wicked Vultures now appeals to us. Quick, Eli, get on my Razor scooter. I'll take my talking chipmunk dicks with me. Pikachu. Watch out, it's a laser camel. The world's tallest water slide. And here's a diagram of how you do a puzzle in a thunderstorm. Cool, let's describe it. Next week on God Awful Movies. Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start with the wife from the first movie, the, the good guy's wife from the first movie that hasn't been in this movie yet at all, waking up in her nightgown, and if she'd said, oh my god, I dreamed the first half of a terrible Nigerian movie, it would have made just as much sense. Right, and look, <laughs> more actually. I don't mind watching porn for women. But if I'm going to watch the beginning of Porn for Women, there better be some end of Porn for Women, which is people <laughs> fucking. Because all they do, they it's supposed to be like appealing romance talk for women, but the mastery of the language is at a second grade level. So she's just like, you treat me like every day is Valentine's Day. And he's like, every day should be Valentine's Day. And I'm like, well, no, the chocolate sales aren't sustainable. Like, we'd have to have a chocolate-based economy. There's a lot of reasons why every day shouldn't be Valentine's Day. This scene is the movie version of when black people share memes about hitting their kids. I don't understand oh, it. I don't get it. Oh, Jesus. We're never going to get Ishmael back on this show. No, no, no. no. He, he um, said so it was yeah, okay. We just get... <laughs> <laughs> so we just get this, we get this extended, fully clothed foreplay scene, basically establishing that there are two humans that exist. Remember them? Mm-hmm. There's also this great moment. They got the, the background uh, song is going or whatever. And for just a second, he starts singing along to the background music, like really loudly, but doesn't it's know not, the words not even close. very clearly. <laughs> it's awesome. It's actually Casey and Jojo All My Life that's playing, which oh, was our song with my first girlfriend. Very exciting. Oh, Learned to play it really badly on piano. She <laughs> touched my penis. Best day ever. There's yeah. a piano and a penis right here in this room, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, Are you a fan? To that. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, if you get he's drunk enough, he'll cry that song at you. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I was going to say, if the song or the penis, or both. Um, so, okay. So, no and that's. No one ever find another lover <laughs> special as me. Special as me. I'm done. Okay, good. And that's it for that scene. Apparently, you have learned enough. It's on to the supermarket with other characters we haven't met. This entire movie is just, it's about what a bunch of characters do between plots. I is guess. Like, is that so we don't get scared? Like, we know they're fun. <laughs> they're characters. Just go to the next movie. <laughs> I just want to know how Harry Potter was between books six and seven, you know? Right. What did he have for He's brunch fine. that day? <laughs> Oh, I would read an entire Harry Potter book about just Harry, like, fucking around his house, just like, <laughs> I think the TV's broken. It's not broken, Harry. The remote's out of charge. Why would they even, why would you even have to charge the remote? Why do we need a second one for the TV and for the cable? Can't we just get a universe? <laughs> Bullshit. Wand it, man. Yeah, right? But, yeah, we go to a supermarket that apparently sells just boxed juice <laughs> certainly their primary boxed item juice and shampoo and douche. yeah exactly um yeah and i guess they're doing inventory now okay so wait my, my racism is going to come out again which was, was the older woman is that the wife that we just woke up with is that who that was i think so okay it's her i guess she runs this grocery store and her two employees doing inventory or something um and and while they're doing that a new different character shows up having been beaten by her husband, who is also not a character we know. Right. Yeah. And all of us are unsure whether or not this movie is pro or against 
uh, violence. It was not violence. very clear. <laughs> no, no, and, and her response, like the 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 good wife response, it repeatedly is to say he needs to grow up. No, uh, grow no. up. He no. smashed her into a coma. Those are the exact words. Yes, and she's like, uh, she got better, but. <laughs> she's still a witch burner like that's the that's the message we're getting it's crazy yeah he needs to grow awful up. immature to beat the women in your life unconscious <laughs> yes, yes. as i understand it yeah so this weird dark turn which by the way again goes nowhere we never see this woman again we don't know her husband this nothing ever happens because of this but we needed that scene so now we cut to the good guy from the last movie, the one who the homeless guy ran up to and was just like, hey, get out of your Jeep Grand Cherokee and give me and my kids money. So this is his office. And we have no fucking way of knowing that because he no. is not present in it. But he's about to be. And there is a widow there asking his secretary and his evil assistants for free money. Because apparently what he does at this office is... <laughs> Give away free money, plan cities, and do do nuclear plant securities. <laughs> That's apparently this guy's business. But yeah, the widow is there asking for money, and her assistant and his and her coworker are telling her that that's not what she's supposed to be doing, and this is bad. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. And I want to point out, this is minor, but I want to point out, this is not the widow that the two characters were talking about from before. Like earlier, we had two characters talking about a widow for no reason. They specifically said that she had four kids. This widow has six kids. So just like it, they might as well have made it the same fucking widow, but they didn't. There are different widows um, with a lot of they kids. They couldn't book that actress again, I guess. It's, it wasn't, but it, they didn't even, there wasn't even an actress there. They were just talking about somebody who wasn't even on <laughs> they, the screen. They couldn't book that concept. Of not <laughs> I an actress. Yeah. Not. But yeah, so they kick this poor old widow out who's asking for free money and it gets loud. And I guess this is when we cut into the good brother from the original, from the first movie who hears the noise and has to call his secretary, who is one room away, and say, hey, come in here and tell me what was going on after you come in here. Yeah, and the secretary goes in, she explains to the boss, she told the poor widow lady he was too busy, and he says, may God have mercy on your soul. Like, bit of an extreme reaction. <laughs> I feel like could have toned that down a little bit. Right, well, and she's, he's like, why did you send her away? And she says, because you said you were busy and couldn't be disturbed. And he's like, so what? Um. <laughs> oh, do you not know what that sentence means? That sentence means I'm supposed to. I can leave if you don't want someone out there to stop people from walking in. If, if I'm busy and don't want to be disturbed, doesn't mean those words. Then I can just head on home. They're opening a subway about three continents away, and I thought I'd check it out. Wanted to try out some fresh bread for the first time in ever. <laughs> Canned tomatoes are pretty damn good. So, yeah. Right. And and then he says, well, you go out and find her. And he's like, well, what if she's already left? But luckily she hasn't because she's immediately outside the door. The secretary <laughs> leaves and shows back up nine fucking nanoseconds later. <laughs> she just runs back outside, immediately smashes into the widow. Hey, will you come back inside? Yeah, I heard. I was listening through the door. Yeah, I'm She, not, get, she gets brought to him slightly quicker than the Vatican in Leap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this is where we learn that he's a professional give money to peopleologist or whatever, because she just comes in and she's like, 
yeah, you know, I don't have any money and my husband died and you had money. So I thought maybe I'd ask you for money. He's like, that's a great idea. I'll give you money. Here's 5,000 Nigerian dollars. <laughs> That's which is literally 15 bucks. 1571 in That's, American money right now. Yes. Yeah, big but spender. It's enough for her to get an apartment and some food and settled in and then he gives her his business card and this is the craziest moment of the movie. He goes, "Here, take my card. It's complimentary." And I was like, "Oh, one of those one of those free business cards. I want to get one of those. Does he normally charge for those? <laughs> yeah. Right. What? Crazy. There's also this other great line in there. He goes, it, while he's agreeing to give her money, he says, those people who wish for you to die in poverty or die wretched are going to be ashamed. And she's like, well, I mean, thanks, but I don't think anybody wants me to die oh, in poverty. Shut me. up. People want you to die in poverty <laughs> and ashamed. Hard enough Trust to balance me. up on this pedestal without you distracting me, motherfucker. Let's just say there's a certain secretary who's really looking forward to you dying wretched and being ashamed. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not going to name any names, but... <laughs> it's her birthday. <laughs> Apparently. So, yeah. So, he gives her the money... And we get the Vultures of Horror auto-tune song. Not sure why. I mean, usually that comes up when evil shit's going on. Um, right. But then we, we cut to the same scene again at a different time. And we know that because he's in a different suit. Uh, th yeah. This Re time maroon. Yeah, ridiculous burgundy maroons. Did, did the entire store get the flu? What the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah, the leather jacket, which I know you hate. Yeah, he's dressed <laughs> as a fucking bellhop, and they never yeah. explain why. But he calls his secretary in, and in about 85 minutes, he manages to explain, it's her birthday, here is a birthday present, Uh, you can go home early. But they say it so slowly, and with so many compliments for him in between, <laughs> that... I just thought they were going to fuck. I wrote in my notes, if they don't fuck, I, I revolt. No TPP. No TPP. No TNT. No BLT. I'm not a big fan. I don't like tomatoes that much. Yeah, so... so. Oh, you mean the sex act or the sandwich? And again... <laughs> he meant the sandwich. Never mind. And again, they could have just put this into the last scene. At the end, when the widow left, he could have said, oh, and secretary, here's your birthday gift and take up. But no, this had to be a, a different scene. My note here is two-thirds of the way. Two-thirds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. None of this matters. None of this matters. We'd learn more by watching them eat lunch in silence. That would be a more <laughs> yeah. useful scene. We'd learn about My the note, characters. I was... I'm checking the time every four seconds. Oh, my God. Why do four <laughs> seconds take so long? So, yeah, she gives him the birthday present. She goes outside and starts to just thank God for having such a nice boss. She's like, oh, my boss is so great. God bless him. Continue to bless him forever and ever. And then mean coworker from earlier who turned away the widow comes and snatches her present away like he's going to fucking steal it. Right, right, like he's an eight-year-old boy fucking with the seven-year-old girl he likes. Exactly. And then they talk about how nice the boss is. Right, well, and again, I just want to point out, look, I've been a boss. I generally give people their birthday off. 
You know, I, I just don't I don't bring them into work and then like make them work most of the day and then be like, oh, but if you want to cut out an hour early, that'd be OK. Right. So, you know, yeah, it's nice and all, but it's not like unusually nice for a boss. And they needed multiple characters to have multiple monologues and dialogues about how nice this character is. This was like a sex role play for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> like she just hires two gun and teenagers to be like, say how likable I am. <laughs> Um, it is because she is a grandmother. She is so appealing. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Say I'm funny. <laughs> Tell him I'm funny. 70 odd minutes. You get it? Get it, guys? They were odd. <laughs> so now we cut to probably the greatest scene in this movie. Um, this is the hanging out outside with the kids scene. This is the, the husband and wife, the good brother and his wife from the first movie. Hanging out in the driveway with their kids. What are they doing? Hanging out in the driveway with their kids. Well, they're having a dance-off. Dance they're yes. having the most disappointing and stumbly <laughs> dance-off slash dance circle I've ever seen black people right? have captured on camera. I was very upset. Yeah. It, was, it was actually kind of nice as a white guy to be like, okay, all right, some of them are exactly as good at this as me. I could jump in on this Soul Train musical, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I'd, I'd look cool right now. My, my musical here was, you got Go served. Heat. Lunch by your mom and dad. <laughs> oh, crazy billionaire money. We remake this where Heath just jumps into their dance circle, but it's just all fuck dancing. Like he's just got <laughs> eye contact with that 12 year old the whole time. And he's just like, just worming up on that car, just worming up on that car. Like the gas is open <laughs> that- by the time he's done with it. <laughs> just undoes that latch from the inside. <laughs> You've Leaves. seen me dance before, haven't you? Yeah, a, say, if crazy billionaire money doesn't include Heath twerking, it's just not worth it. So yeah, they 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 have a dance party. If you're asking for a favor at your wedding? <laughs> Check. Got it. Wink. <laughs> Heard. So and the winner of the dance contest is Dad, apparently. And with all that important shit out of the way, we can close this very vital scene of people that we haven't really met in a driveway. Yeah. And again, you said it before. This is by far the best scene in the movie. It so is. This is the only thing that's happened that required the invention of motion pictures, as far as I can tell. <laughs> right. So there's that. This it's was like the text game of movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and now we're back at the office, and he's dressed in purple, and all of the people are whispering business to each other. Yeah, he looks like he's currently shadowing a genie. Like he's not a genie yet, he's just shadowing a genie. <laughs> this is Kwame, uh, well on his way to becoming a genie, aren't you, Kwame? I give a widow money. Sure did. Sure did. That was, was a wish. That was a wish. Well done. So, uh, yeah, my note here is remember all that stuff that happened in the first half of this movie? Why? Why would you waste memory? It's finite. <laughs> Yeah. So, and apparently they're whispering about the security at the new power plant. Right. He handles security for power plants and also money for the project. <laughs> the project. <laughs> yeah. I love it too because, like, clearly they just wanted these guys to be talking about something kind of business related before he gets this phone call. And what they went with was so insane. It's James says, "Well, we need to talk about security," and he says, "Like, yes, yes. Well, there will be an army corps stationed right outside of the power plant and police, so security will not be a problem." And then he gets the phone call, 
And it's yeah. like it's like that was just the normal business conversation you guys came up with on Army Corps <laughs> stationed at a power plant. The fuck is wrong with your country, people? This movie is like someone waterboarded his actual policies out of Donald Trump. He's just like, I'm going to put the army everywhere, all right? Put my hair back on my head. I don't want Ivanka to see. Crazy billionaire money. We're waterboarding Donald Trump. Also, we also have to use in this scene, this is so amazing, we use rolling cuts as we move between the three characters that are talking. Yeah. Just just picture that for a second, if you will. (laughs) And And then he gets a call from his wife. And his wife is calling to say she has a headache. She thinks (laughs) she's getting malaria. Malaria! (laughs) Malaria! Like, who sends a text message about it? Like, really? Just stop Instagramming about it. Go to the hospital. (laughs) You have malaria? Why did you tweet me? Right. (laughs) Right. Look, I get the flu occasionally. I mean, less, actually, honestly, because flus are really just your body having an allergic reaction to eggs, so don't worry about it. But, like, I don't want to talk about that right now. (laughs) But the truth is that, like, when I get a flu, I usually don't call my fiancé and tell her I think I'm getting malaria. (laughs) (laughs) Now, look, okay. If you're in Nigeria, malaria is really a thing. You know, in the U.S., tee malaria is not a thing to worry about. Yes, people really get malaria there. But what you don't do when you – first of all, you don't self-diagnose malaria. And secondly, you don't just sit down in the grocery shop and say, hmm, I need to fan myself off or this malaria is really going to get me today. a little malaria-ish. Maybe I just <laughs> – Jill Stein says I can self-diagnose malaria. <laughs> That's why I'm voting for her. <laughs> she believes in choice. <laughs> Just asking questions. Skeptic. So, <laughs> so apparently she needs him to come pick her up because she had to take the car in. It had a battery problem, probably a glitch. I hear the computers <laughs> and those batteries get glitches. So he's got to leave work to go pick her up. The reason we have to do all of this, apparently, the reason we have to establish this is in case you didn't realize that he's the kind of good guy that drops everything to go pick his wife up when she has malaria. <laughs> This is, this is if someone took this guy's drunk bachelor party toast and decided to make it into a feature length film. <laughs> and you know another thing? Do you know another thing? What he does every day is Valentine's Day for him and he gives money to people and he could do security for nuclear. I love you, man. I didn't realize they were making these as strong as they did and I'm gonna go throw up. But I'm fine. I'm fine. My wife has Zika virus. I'm just going to rub her head for a minute. <laughs> Give her a little massage. Get, get rid of that. Raise back up there a little bit. So, yeah. If she's got Zika, it doesn't take long to rub her head. Shit. <laughs> 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 so, so you grab an orange at the grocery store and you're like, oh, that one's bad. That one is bad. No, that <laughs> avocado is not coming home with me. This is why I'm not going to the Olympics. <laughs> or Florida. Um, so yeah, so the wife now is, is sitting down in the middle of a grocery aisle and there are people yelling behind her and she asked them to stop yelling. We have a whole scene for that. Uh, yep. That's, that's a scene. The scene. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, so now we, now we cut to two characters that just appeared in this movie and they're in a field. But they're from the last movie. They are. We have some something to go on, yes. Yeah. That's his brother, the good guy's brother. His girlfriend broke up with him in the last movie. The good guy's all- brother's the good guy's nephew. 
Right, nephew. Uh, yeah. Because all he wanted was sex, and so he's chasing her again because he wants to get back together. Yeah, he's just loafing around joblessly, and he says he misses her, and she says that he only misses her pussy, and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's what I yeah. meant. Yeah, no, he's you, you begging, to... begging for a second chance. His nose is wide open. His nose is just <laughs> flared wide out. It's so obvious. Mm -hmm, so wide. <laughs> so, and then we get some great dialogue here. She says, you have to learn to take care of your girl, but I'm quite certain that word doesn't exist in your dictionary. And I'm like, which word? I think it's girl. I think it's girl. <laughs> I think the word in the dictionary they, take, is girl. Take isn't of? I don't, there's no one word that you can take out of that. Anyway, yeah. Right. He promises to start hustling. And she says, in order for him to prove it to her, he needs to raise a thousand Nigerian dollars, which, just to remind you, is three dollars. Three bucks. So, three. when this three episode releases, you will find a GoFundMe that I have put up. <laughs> it is for three dollars to help Superman fuck his girlfriend. Please well, help Soup Black Superman fuck his girlfriend. We're going for three dollars. If you contribute three dollars, you get nothing. <laughs> the satisfaction of knowing that that creepy dude is off the street for his whore money yeah, yeah. Trick, trickstarter.com is another good spot yeah <laughs> yeah no, and she says like basically I'll have sex with you if you have more money but not in a whorey way you don't have to give me the money you just have to have it <laughs> I guess um, and so and he goes like where am I going to get that kind of money from? And of course, the vulture horror theme starts, and I'm like, he's going to use evil vulture magic to raise his girlfriend fucking money, isn't he? He's going to sell so many cans of tomatoes, dude. <laughs> oh man, three dollars worth of no skyrocket. He'll have those three dollars easy. Yeah. Although, let's let's turn that criticism inwards for a second because the best solution we came up with for using the vultures of horror was street performance how two jugglers and one magician are we that we were like oh man you could build such a good crowd you get enough hat lines with the vultures of horror other people would rob a bank but we're like no man you get in central park they're not got the cops sweeping around you can make oh 20 50 bucks a show it's a I'm gonna jump over this vulture. Watch, watch everybody gather around. Get closer. Going through these hoops of fire. Um, so yeah, so now we're guys are tick and tack the vultures of horror. <laughs> I'm gonna ask. Might as well. Might as well. Two New Yorkers get that joke. Everyone else is like the car talk guys. <laughs> they also could have been the uh, vultures of horror. We don't know that they weren't because they're from Boston. <laughs> I'll probably had something to do with that bombing. Where were you, click and clack? Um, oh, click and clack did Boston's 9-11. <laughs> Cause it was easy. It was easy to do. That's why they did it. <laughs> so, and, and so now hopefully you're done with all those characters. Cause this movie is, we're never going to see any of them again, again. Um, now it's on to completely new characters. These will be the village elders. Uh, and they're sitting around deciding to make one of these characters the new chief. And I just had this pang of white guilt on this scene because I realized that all the furniture that they have in this scene is shit that I threw away when I moved. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay because this guy's nomination speech is only a little bit better than Hillary's. So hey, now. <laughs> brought me back into it. <laughs> But yeah, but now, and I wrote in my notes, but wait a minute, didn't old evil vulture brother want to be chief? Wait a minute, this is getting complicated. I know what's well, going on in this scene. He did, but this other guy, Lucky, seems the most credible. Yes. And I'm pretty sure it's his uh, leopard print fez that's just <laughs> oozing with credibility. That's, that's how you pick a leader. 
Yeah, you can <laughs> tell he's the chief because he has a cab driver's car seat on his head. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> leather tunic and a cow hat. He's wearing a red leather tunic and a cow hat. Um, I had to double check and make sure that I wasn't losing my goddamn mind. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, it, and, and this is where they explain too that Lucky, the new chief, his dad was a good person, so he must be good too. Um, that's how it works. Right. The offspring of a lion can never chew grass. Yeah. That's. So if you'd like your offspring of a lion can never chew grass t-shirt, check that out at godawfulmovies.com forward slash. Great shocker of Kiki posters. Um, so yeah. And, and, and also the, the, the fucking guy, Lucky, the, the guy who's the new chief is possibly the worst actor in this film. And that's saying something. He goes like, once again, um, line looks off stage. I want to <laughs> thank you very much. He needed to contemplate the line. I want to thank you very much. Yeah. And then he quotes Spider-Man's uncle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great power. Great responsibility. Paraphrases anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He comes close. Yeah. And so, and this is also where they realize or where they establish that Kwame, who is the evil vulture dad from the first one, is going to be pretty pissed off about that. Right. But, hey, you know the great rule of movies, which is tell, don't show? So now we need to see and have them tell that story and show it <laughs> yeah. to us again. Now. Yes. Now. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. So now they they head over to Kwame's house so that they can tell him that he that he's not going to be the chief, that Lucky is going to be the chief instead. Um, so he's chilling on his porch, sitting on a throne... Listening to a 1998 boombox. Yeah, he's got a golden throne. Yes. And there's also like a shitty falling apart picnic bench that he <laughs> yes. makes. Who keeps those two things on the same porch? <laughs> right. And, and Lucky arrives and Lucky's wearing a silly hat. So I guess part of his contract was that he had to wear a silly hat in every scene. Like he agreed to improvise all of his lines, but he had to get a different <laughs> hat for every scene. Yeah. And again, I want to point out, this is this happens over and over again in this movie. The last scene, these people were leaving to go talk to Kwame. Now they're showing up in different outfits. Yeah, including a like a tilted fedora this time. <laughs> like, he's dressed like he's going to Whole Foods in Brooklyn. <laughs> Fuck you. And so Kwame is very Supermarket. clearly super pissed that he wasn't made new chief. Right, and the argument that they have isn't about whether or not he should have been chief, it's whether or not witch hunting is a good idea, because this movie is pro-witch hunting. This movie is a teddy bear that teaches eugenics. It's like if the Minions movie was a Thunderfoot video. It's the fucking craziest thing in the world. It's, okay, so they, they say that Kwame was suspended for the el from the Elders Council for an unspeakable offense, which is why they won't tell us what the fuck it was, I guess, because it's unspeakable. But when they say that to him, he's like, but you guys are in favor of witch hunting and they're like well yes and and the movie's just like well of course they're in favor what do we just leave the witches out there to steal people's penises <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and it's also i wrote uh what my fashion note here is that i have no pants that are the same material as my shirts i will never be african elder cool <laughs> we're gonna change that you don't have that camo pajamas jumpsuit that the guy had I don't. The, oh my god that's what we're really adding ads to the show for so that no one <laughs> can have a series of jumpsuits <laughs> <laughs> when shiny jammies damn it i want to go to bed shiny so yeah so he he they break the news here that the skinny dude is now going to be the chief and kwame fucking loses it yeah. 
Gives him a very stern fuck off. Also, by the way, his great Shakara Kiki poster is now on the porch. Yeah, it's like a security blanket. Oh, I see. He just carries it around with him. <laughs> it looked like a wall poster of these movies on his house. Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that's what it was. I'm sure that's like the advertising material for this soap opera, yeah. So the, he runs him off the porch, and they, they brought him a gift, apparently, some, I'm guessing, magic olive oil. That's what we've seen in that container before. Um, but he, he tells him to take it with him, get the fuck off his porch, because he's going to be chief no matter what. No matter what. And then uh, we get pew, 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 for no, absolutely no reason. Just <laughs> yeah. throwing it in there. Yep, yeah. That's what happens next. Um, and then it's, it's, it's over. The, it, it comes up and it says, the story has just began. And I'm like, not really though. It's going to begin in the next one, I would think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it for the movie. That the movie is over and then it, it closes with a preview for the next one filled with way better shit than we just saw. Yeah. People are going to turn into skeletons. They're going to drive into <laughs> cars. A bird will laser people. <laughs> people will disagree about business. <laughs> they throw that in there, don't they? And they spoil the shit out of the next movie because they let us know that one of the guys, one of the main characters is going to die by what they reveal in the, yeah. tri- it's horrible. Unless, of course, she can just magically turn into a skeleton when people try to rape her. <gasps> we'll find out. Also, <gasps> I just I have to point this out because both Heath and I have the exact same note here about Fat Cornell West getting attacked by flying chairs in the preview. God damn it, that guy was a dead ringer for Cornell West, wasn't he? Just a little I younger and a little it fatter. Might actually, be Cornell West, and he just let himself go. But why not get that character going in this one? He seemed interesting. He's getting attacked by flying office chairs. There's a lot going on. There wasn't the time. There wasn't the time. They had so much to establish and never play out in this movie. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and apparently, yeah, the kid who needed the money to fuck his girlfriend will yell, uh, at a car Mm. in the next one. Looks pretty good. And also laser vultures and people too close to the microphone. (laughs) And then more laser vultures and an exploding car that looks super realistic, super legit graphics on the exploding car. And that's it. I bet this was a preview for the preview that's the end of the next movie. Oh. (laughs) So just to clarify, for those who are confused, this movie was not a preview. It was a movie. (laughs) Well, or or what if the whole movie was a preview except for this last little preview part, which was the movie? Huh? Which was a preview for another movie meta. We're so deep down this hole now. (laughs) Oh, draw me a maze, Heath. Draw me a maze. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, and then it says, to God be the glory, and I'm thinking they probably got a letter from God's lawyer asking for his name to be taken off of this piece of shit. They just didn't, you know, it's, <laughs> it's YouTube, they can get away with it. Yeah, you and Tim Tebow can start giving me credit when he can throw the ball at someone and you can make a movie <laughs> in English. And I feel like, I just wanted to throw out this out there, because I'm, I'm, I'm watching the credits again, and like the last one, there are 55 people listed as drummers, and only 21 listed as crew. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that the lyrics in part of the Vultures of Horror song is, evil ones are everywhere, looking forward to Detroit. Hmm. The Vultures <laughs> are from hell. That's... <laughs> I, I can understand why they'd be looking forward to Detroit if they come yes. from hell. <laughs> Just off the highway, yeah. And I guess since that was the whole thing or something, we're done. So like I said, th- there was no way this one was going to live up to the last one. But 
Like, honestly, how big a drop-off are we talking here? Are we talking the second Avengers movie? Are we talking Jurassic Park 2 or, like, downright Caddyshack 2? Oh, th- this could have been called Vultures 2, The Phantom Menace. This was <laughs> rough. <laughs> the kingdom of the crystal vulture. Yeah, they're not good movies. It's it's kind of like your second night of food poisoning. Is it worse? Is it better? I mean, you can't have a third night of... If you have a third night of food poisoning, you have Ebola. So, like, I don't know. It's part of me... <laughs> All right, well, obviously we can't rate this movie with a thumb-based scale without highlighting how much smaller white men's thumbs are. So instead of that, I'll simply ask you this. What is the dumbest thing you could piss away magical laser vultures on that would still be a smarter use of them than we see in these movies? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say guarding the Benghazi embassy. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) burn your bust. Hashtag never Trump. Wait. No, B&D. Just just the never Trump thing. No, (laughs) CBT. And Eli? Uh, I'm gonna go with, uh, using it for five star reviews on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I've already put my nickel down on street performance. So, uh, well, that does it for a review of Vultures of Horror 2. That's not gonna do it for the episode just yet, cause we still need to get you all giddy for next week. So Eli, tell us, what's on deck? What the bleep do we know? <laughs> For realsies this time. We promise. Promise yeah. this time. For real. Yeah, I mean, we, we like, uh, it's, it's gonna suck because, like, Psy Babe was on and she was actually fucking hilarious and then the internet gods did not smile upon us and, and, and the audio was lost, but, uh, but we annotated the fuck out of it, so we're still gonna do that movie. Um, and, Frank uh. Bar. <laughs> well, see, that's what I was wondering. I'm wondering if Tom and Cecil didn't put her up to it. They're like, you know, one time Eli came on our show and the audio got all <laughs> fucked up. We, we need you to do that for us. We need you to... Anyway, it but yeah. It was not snarky. <laughs> <laughs> but we're definitely doing that this time. So uh, we promise. We promise. I remember all the funny stuff we said about it last week. All that mm. stuff again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So with that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 51 to a merciful close. Special thanks to Yvette Detrimon, who actually did record an episode with us. It was fucking hilarious, and we're so sorry that oh, it got lost. She crushed uh, it. It was amazing. Anyway, but she has agreed to come on uh, at another time, so we're going to get her back, and, and it's going to be really funny, and this time the audio ones won't get lost. Of course, also a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that helped make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful, and thereby earn early access to every episode. You you can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the links on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. episodes of this terrible series. The plotline got all excited about resuming in the next episode. <laughs> Kwame eventually realized he could hit a home run all by himself. <laughs> Wicked Vultures introduced 18 more characters until Eli started giving them racist nicknames in his notes and was fired. <laughs> Whiteboard. Vultures. Vultures. I hope all, none of that was important. <laughs> I started ripping up the nearest thing I could find. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are the, notes I've already Those used. weren't hundreds, were they? <laughs> <laughs> you can tape them back, but... 
Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone thinks Pikachu is as funny as I do. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> At a certain point, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> what else are we doing here? <laughs> Did we lose you, Eli? No, no, I just, I didn't have an end to the sentence. Oh, okay, part. all right, all right. <laughs> we, you, we, we, we've, we've been cutting out a, a little bit, quite a bit, so I'll, I'll just r- jump in. The first right half of that sentence was funny. <laughs> Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.